Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. Happy Friday or happy Saturday, wherever you are in the world. We've got a big holiday weekend coming up here in the United States, Labor Day. And there will be people joining together for festivities and to celebrate and to honor all of those who have served and do serve our country. And we will be really put to the task of whether or not we are able to communicate effectively. So that brings us to our show today, The Listening Mentor. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, currently 29 live broadcasts each and every week. And joining me is my co-host and the star of our show. She is known as the Harley Street Stress Expert, and she is joining us from London. Let's welcome Caroline Heward. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Wonderful to be here. It feels like it's seven o'clock. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Friday. I love it. So <laughs> we have another interesting topic. I don't know who keeps coming up with these topics, but really putting us to the test to think about it before we get into our topic, which is really how do you deal with somebody who doesn't want to listen to reason? Let's talk about the work that you're doing as the Harley Street Stress Expert. We have people joining us from all over the world, watching, listening, and they want to know, what does Caroline do? Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. What I do is I help you with your stress. So whether it's physical, physical ache and pain, back pain, neck pain, sleep problems, whether it's emotional, um, where you're feeling sadness all the time, or lonely, or lost, or heartache, whether it's um, behavioural, relationship issues, um, and whether, or CP, uh, COD, sorry, uh, obsessive behaviour is what I meant. Um, whatever the issue is, and it's whatever you're complaining about, literally, I will help you bust through the reasons why it's causing you problems. And I offer a 30-minute free consultation over Zoom or Skype, whatever is easiest for you. And literally look for identifying the root cause of your stress. So it doesn't matter how long you've had the problem, I literally work with you and literally bust your stress. And I'm looking forward to working with everyone because we all have trauma and stress in our lives. Thank you, Caroline. And, and when you bring up trauma and stress, when we're in a relationship, maybe it's an ongoing business relationship with a partner or it's a personal relationship, we seem to think we have all the answers and we think that our thoughts are 
reasonable and someone else is not being reasonable and this can cause for strife and when we have to deal with this person on a regular basis it can be very upsetting hence a phone call to you and a 30-minute zoom stress buster consultation <laughs> what are you thinking about what's reasonable and what's not it's always that's a really really interesting question i'm going to answer it by by a very simple, it's always reasonable to us. What's reasonable to you will be reasonable to the other person. And whatever you're thinking is reasonable to you. So it's, we're looking, we're always looking at things through our own filters and our own understanding and awareness. And this is why you can have two people at a dinner party. One is seeing everything that's not good about the dinner party and the other person is seeing everything that is good about it. So the pessimist, the optimist, who's right and who's wrong? Both people are right. So it depends on how we look at it. And if you start from that stance of you're both right, then it's about listening to the other person and then coming at at them from a different place from a different filter rather than going in and charging at them and literally confronting them to go around the subject area by looking at it from a matter of fact perspective rather than going straight in for the jugular and the, the most important thing when somebody is being unreasonable is to literally be in the place of non-reactive. Because as soon as you get reactive, they will come back at you. And even if they feel that they're not right, and they start to begin to understand that they've not probably got everything right, they will, they will dig their heels in and they will become more strong in their decision. So to keep your cool and to not be confrontational, leave it and then go back when it's a bit easier for you and for them when you're in a different topic, different aspect, and then kind of bring it up in a different way, a more softer way, a kinder way, more compassionate way. Because as soon as you go straight in for the jugular, they will dig their heels in and you'll get them. Great points, Caroline. Thank you. I'm wondering if there's a difference between being unreasonable and not listening to reason. They're both, I would say, quite similar, <laughs> because if somebody's been unreasonable, they're stuck in their viewpoint. You know, there's something that my mother shared with me when I, when I became a teenager, and uh, I want to share it with the audience. And that is that when, when I started going out a bit more and, you know, becoming a bit more responsive, I think I was about 13, 14, my mum actually said to me, there's three topics that you must stay away from when you're socializing and you'll never ever make enemies, you'll always gain friends. Those three topics were politics, religion, and sex. Oh, sorry, four, and war. <laughs> so, so, and I, I really stuck to what she had to say. We do get into those topic areas. And if you think about two people arguing about politics, there's never one right and one wrong because both people will feel that they're very, very right in their viewpoint and you'll never change the other person's mind. So don't go there because this is where we land up in, in really severe breakups of relationships, whether they be personal, 
business or otherwise. So it's important to be respectful because when you're respectful, you can actually approach the subject from a very different place rather than looking at the, poli the political viewpoint, look at it from a, mat a, a very general matter of fact viewpoint, you know, and looking at it from a problem solving viewpoint rather than hit them head on with where they're coming from. I love what you're sharing here and thanks for that transparency about what uh, you learned from your mom. What is it that we're drawn into those topics when people bring it up? We, we know some people who love to stir the pot, right? And they love to talk about politics or religion or sex, whatever it is. And yet we already know, if we know them well, that this is a subject they're going to bring up. So why is it that we still decide to engage with them and take it to another level where you know the person is the opposite of you, whatever your political beliefs are, you know they're, they're the opposite. So instead of staying away from it, we want to try to get them to change. We want them to be like us. We want everyone to be like us in a box. Why is that? We're being human. <laughs> <laughs> we love to be with people that are like us, but people that are like what we are, they don't challenge us. And so you know, this phraseology, this cliche, opposites attract. Um, if I was, you know, um, very high in the sky, you know, sort of very fluffy and emotional and, you know, I will naturally attract somebody and, and I know this for, for true, but I naturally attract people that are very scientific, very logical, very philosophical in terms of very grounded in their information. So I attract generally um, quite left-brained people, you know, accountants, solicitors, lawyers, barristers, <laughs> and and people that are very scientific. In fact, the person I got married to was, um, uh, he, he passed all his exams in chemistry, uh, biology, and, um, and all the tech uh, qualifications, which was completely not me. And what he bought me was uh, a sense of um, balance, you know, so I was very fluffy and meditational and, you know, very, you know, up in the sky. And and he was very grounded and he, he would, you know, sort of generally bring me down and I would generally bring him up. <laughs> so, so maybe this is what it is, that opposites attract because we're always looking for balance. Unless we come from a really balanced place all of the time, then we will find somebody who who opposes who we are to keep us more, more balanced. I think that's a very interesting perspective. What about the fact that when we are attracted to someone who's the opposite of us, that instead of embracing them as they are, many times we want to change them. It's like, well, wait a minute. I showed you what you were getting. Why is it that you want me to be something I'm not? <laughs> this is, this is a, a very common experience for many people. Um, I've certainly had relationships and friendships in the past where, you know, we've celebrated each other's differences. And yet, if we don't agree on something, then that's where the sparks fly. But that's the very reason that we're in that friendship and relationship, because that's our challenges, our grace. And sometimes it's not right for us. And so when it doesn't work out and it's not right for us, that relationship, whether it's business, social or, or intimate relationship, will literally dissolve 
and they they just disappear. Yes, interesting. I recall having a friend and the friend's partner, the partner loved to debate, was just loved to debate, did it for a living, was an attorney. And I loved that interaction because I wasn't emotionally attached to it, but yet my friend was highly attached to it and they would always be arguing like this. And I just found it a great opportunity to hear another perspective. Mm -hmm. So what if we were to take the emotion out of it, which in of itself is very difficult to do unless you really work on it, but actually take that deep breath, wait that seven seconds, and just consider the other person's point of view that maybe they're not being unreasonable. Maybe they just have a different perspective. That's absolutely true. It is about perspectives. We all have our own perspectives from our own filters. And I do like to have those interesting conversations with people that have a different viewpoint because I learn from those interesting conversations. But when we get in and feel that, it's a win-lose or we have to win or we have to be right and the other person's wrong. That's when all the sparks fly. So it's important to be respectful of not only your own viewpoints, but the other person's because we might learn something from what the other person has to say. Now, I know when I'm sharing time with friends and, um, and with clients in particularly when I'm um, out with friends, you know, at dinner, I always get the feedback that I'm really interesting to be with and time flies because the conversation's always interesting. Now, I like to know about them, but when they get into my topic areas, you know, they kind of just want to know more. They don't stop. So I do tend to want to get something from the other person as well. And so that I gain more rather than just saying more of what I know. And do you find when you are someone at a, at a social event, people are really drawn to, and they really like to speak to them? I have had the same thing. Do you find that as an asset or is it, I don't want to say liability because now you have to be on, you have to be attentive, listening, charismatic, charming, all of those things, which sometimes in a social situation can be daunting because maybe you have your own agenda for being at the social situation. Maybe you wanted to meet someone or you needed to discuss something with someone. How do you feel about that? We are always on in terms of, you know, on. <laughs> we're always in a, a situation of being on show. Um, certainly much more now than ever on social media and being online, much more than ever before. And every time I tell somebody what I do for a living, they go straight into it. I almost feel like I'm a doctor, you know, and they start giving me all <laughs> oh, you know, you could help me with this. And and then my social evening becomes, you know, an evening of um of solving, you know, their problems for free. So it, it does make life very interesting. So I'm sure that the doctor um brigade will find that uh difficult in terms of their social lives. But it's the same, I would imagine, for um uh solicitors and barristers, you know, they would probably have the same, you know, there's always people with legal things, you know, you know, what do you think about this? And should I do that? And, you know, uh, could you do this on the side for me? <laughs> and there's, the there's old, I, I hate to burden you while we're at a social event, but if you have five <laughs> minutes and they just go right into it. 
So I like to find out about the other person first. <laughs> so, so I usually, when they we sort of meet and um, they turn around and say, you know, what do you do? And, and I usually butt in pretty forcefully and say, oh, tell me about you. I was thinking about asking you first. Tell me about what you do and tell me about why you're here and how you met the person that's invited you to the party. So I like to do that first because as soon as I get into my topic area, I, it's hard then to move on to this. Exactly. You know, what's funny, Caroline, I have the exact opposite when it comes to my work as the listening mentor as soon as someone asks me what I do, and of course I do a number of things on this channel and then on drjacqueline.com and writing, as soon as I talk about the listening part of it, people just look at me, they have nothing to say because they don't actually wanna look at their own listening skills. People just think, oh, I know how to listen. And if they don't know how to listen, they're not really interested in learning for some reason. Many people stop learning. Um... And this is a, a fallacy of uh, the educational system as it stands that, you know, education is uh, that you went to school, high school, college, university. And then a lot of people stop at that point um, and feeling that they've got everything ticked all the boxes. They've got everything that they re they're required to have. And so in the personal self-development arena, then we're always in this proverbial student and learning. But many people switch off, um, certainly, you know, after normal school, college, university. And so this is not uncommon. And I believe that this is what's kept me quite young because I'm the constant, the lifelong student of life and I'm constantly learning. And when you are in that space of learning new things, it does keep you very useful. Some people just feel, you know what, I've done all my schooling, I've done all my student days, I'm too old now. So I think it's more a case of the educational system as it's structured. I like that perspective. It's it's interesting that there's a number of things that we don't learn in the traditional education system, including listening. That's yeah. one of them. Or how to manage our money. That's another somebody was just sharing with me the other day, how to manage our stress. There's so many life lessons that we have to learn out here in the field, so to speak. And I know you love to learn. I love to learn. I, I just spent uh, hours yesterday learning how to set up an online magazine. <laughs> so it's like, this is fantastic. I just can't get enough information. I just, I don't know. It just energizes me. And I love to go for my walks because I'll walk depending on how much time I have, between four and eight miles. And the whole time my head's going boom, 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 boom. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to do that. I want to stop walking so I can go back and do that. But I don't, I finish. And, and other people, they don't want to think about anything new. They want to think about what they don't have, to your point earlier, or what they're not getting or what happened to them in the past. And of course, no judgment on how people are choosing to show up. But being open to learning is a whole new world of excitement and opportunity. I quite, I totally agree with you. Uh, I remember my mum turning around to me when I was 40. So no, when I was 30 and saying to me, you'll still be studying when you're 60. <laughs> and, and you know, my mum can be very wise at times. And I don't know how she saw that in me uh, because I'd gone I'd gone to university at 27. But 
after I'd done the university training, she said, I think you will always be studying because that's just who you are. That's what she'd known of my behaviour from leaving school to being 30. She said, you know, you'll still be studying at 40. Even when you've retired, you'll still be studying. And she's not wrong because that, that it almost gives me um, uh, a a feeling of euphoria when I've learned something new and I can share it with someone, you know, I can, you know, always add strings to my bow. I'm actually just applying to do uh, some trauma training uh, for uh, people um, with uh, wanting to commit suicide and self-harm. And it's a government backed training. And I was, I just, you know, sort of uh, sent an inquiry for it and uh, it's all government backed. And I just thought, you know, well, that's great because this will give me another way to help people that I perhaps don't reach. Um, and that makes me feel good, you know, that I'm constantly adding more strings to my uh, way that I can help people. And kudos to you for continuing to grow your knowledge and you can grow your practice as a result of that because you have the latest state of the art information and knowledge. So, when we think about the work that you and I do here in terms of helping people and really helping them with self-care, with managing their stress, with learning how to listen at an elevated level, I would love to have some key takeaways for people because as I mentioned, it's a weekend, right? Coming up, depending on where you are in the world. And it's also a holiday weekend here in the States. And people might be interacting with people they haven't seen in a while who just want to let it rip, have a great time and let their hair hang down and have a few this or that. And all of a sudden just say whatever it is they want to say. So in a situation like that, where you're with someone who is in a different mindset than you and is very verbose about their feelings. Do you just walk away? Do you give them the cold shoulder? Ha <laughs> ha. How do you manage that? You took my line away. This is why I'm showing shoulder. <laughs> Humor. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Humor is the greatest way to express your perspective, your point of view, your viewpoint. Humor is an amazing way to cut through and reach somebody. You know, there's never been greater truth told than told in humor. So, yes, absolutely. Give them the cold shoulder. You know, and if I, you know, doing it like that, you know, if I said to somebody, I'm just going to give you the cold shoulder, they, that will make them laugh rather than feel uncomfortable. And then you can approach the subject in a slightly different way. But I love to use humour when there is difficult situations or a situation that you, I don't have the answers for. And it's clearly somebody is really entrenched in their views. And the only way to reach them or to break down those barriers is humour. You know, it's kind of fun when you use that humour and the person isn't even aware of what's just happened. <laughs> they're, they're on their bandstand or their soapbox. And all of a sudden you say, oh, come on, Bill, you know, we're not going to talk about that or, or whatever you might happen to say. And then the next thing you know, you've taken back the, the control of the situation and there's, they're going, I wonder what just happened there. Absolutely. I've got another one for you, which is really good. Usually when we're um, in a conversation 
we might turn around and say, I'll be back with you shortly. I'll come back to you shortly. Now, I love picking people up on that because I actively listen. If somebody says, I'll be with you shortly, I'm actually only five foot two. And so I turn around and say, I know I'm small, but please refrain from calling me shortly. Even Longley will do, but please don't call me shortly. (laughs) (laughs) And it usually diffuses, you know, the situation. Certainly when I'm on a tube and um, the the announcements, the recorded announcements, and it says something like, um, uh, we're delayed at a red signal, we'll be moving shortly. I just turn around to the other person, you know, who I don't know, and I just say, do you know what? I know I'm small. But you know what, There's a, it comes to something when they call me shortly and it just turns the other person into bits, you know, even in calls where it's a difficult call and somebody uses that word, I will say, you know, look, I know that you can't see me, but please refrain from calling me shortly. I take offence to that. And it just, it lightens the mood, it changes things. Humour is the best way to diffuse a situation that is escalating and is uncomfortable you know, and take a skit on the situation, coming at it from a different place, from a place of lightness, humour, because we are in a holiday. Well, the Americans are in a holiday. Um, We've just had our bank holiday last weekend. And it is a time when families get together, when there's difficulties in terms of the world, you know, the economic world, the things that we're having to deal with. And humour is always easier and more palatable to handle things rather than going straight in and arguing your perspective, your point of view each time that you go in. Because it's not about win-lose. We both want to win. It's a win both ways. I have an idea for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I want you to go online or wherever and purchase a small piece of fence and then when someone says shortly and you go, I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> they see you rifling around your back. What is she doing? I love that. <laughs> I really do. But that's my humor. I will, you know, turn things on its head because I listen actively. And when I listen, it's almost literally I listen. So when somebody says something, I'll just pick up on it straight away and make a make a, a point of view. I remember when I I'd first started work for a long time ago and I the phone was in the department where I was working. I was working as a as um a, the third manager in a bakery at the time. And uh, so I picked up the phone and um, the person said, can I speak to the manager, please? And I said, which one? There's three of us. And so they mentioned the main manager and I says, yeah, can you just hold, um, I said, who's it, who's it calling? And she said, uh, Patricia from, um, oh gosh, I've lost the line now. Uh, uh, and I said, can you hold the line? Uh, can you hold the island, please? So that was it, Barry. She said, I'm uh, Trisha from Barry. I says, can you hold the island? Rather than saying, because it's Barry Island. Rather than saying, hold the line, I said, hold the island. She was in absolute hysterics. She could, I had to remember because I was like getting caught up with not remembering my line. <laughs> and she was just in absolute hysterics. The manager came up, picked up the call and he said, what did you say to her? 
I was 19 at the time. And I said, I said, you're never going to believe me when I tell you. And so I told him and he said, he says, you, he said, you're unbelievable. <laughs> because I just, all I heard was Barry and I picked up because there's, there's an island called Barry Island. And so I picked up I, Barry. So I said, hold the island rather than hold the line. That's and it was really just, funny. That is, that's good. It, that's I, listening. That's listening. And I made a great marketing person because I was very, you know, on the words. And when we do that, when we actively listen like that, we can change anything into a fun scenario, you know, into humor. We definitely and can. I, I had a situation today. I was, I called customer service about something to do with one of my websites. And I knew as we were going through the website, that the person at the call center was not listening. I could just tell he wasn't listening because he was, I could hear typing, clicking, you know, you can always hear that. And he asked me the same question two or three times. So I was trying to come up with something witty to say, but instead I just said, Hey, are you really listening? And he said, Oh, I'm definitely listening. So I asked him a couple of questions and he said, you got me. I wasn't listening. So we both kind of laughed about it. I didn't have a quip or some funny line, but we made light of it as opposed to, to saying, what are you, an idiot? I've gone through this with you three <laughs> times already. So what I really want people to take away from the work that you and I are doing here, which is really doesn't feel like work. It's a lot of fun is that you may think you have all the answers you probably don't. You may think your perspective is the only one that matters. You may find out that it doesn't. And you may think you're a great listener and maybe you're not. And that's okay because at least if you acknowledge the fact that you have room to grow, it's going to change not only how you feel about yourself and your relationships with other people, but it's going to change your perspective on the world and what actually is going on. What gives us the right to stand in judgment of anyone else? You know, that's so true, because when we do stand in a place of judging the other person, then, you know, somebody out there is going to be judging us. So if we sit in a place of being open, it doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone and everything. That's not what I'm saying. It's to be open to listen, because when you're open to listen, there might be something that they say that may, may change your opinion, change your understanding. And also, if you are open to listen, it then translates that the other person becomes open to listen because behavior breeds behavior. But when you're trying to win on the other person, both of you are trying to win and there are no winners, there are only losers in that situation. So be, be honoring of yourself and the other person by being a compassionate listener. Really listen to what they have to say because you might find that in listening to them, then they will listen to you and then the, the situation will change into a compassionate resolution rather than, than one of you trying to win, making the other one lose. Because really everything is about you. We're all connected. And it isn't about win-lose. It's about win-win. Yes, it is. Thank you for sharing that. And I 
did a video on Facebook, uh, not yesterday, the day before. And I just want to mention something about it because it involves judgment or the lack thereof. And there are a number of things that did not go as planned this week on this platform because they involved other people who, for one reason or another, didn't show up or didn't communicate or whatever the situation is. And I found myself in a situation saying, well, I can judge these people. I can label them unprofessional, whatever terms you want to come up with, or I can give them grace and say, it is interesting that it happens with several people in a short period of time, but who knows? I don't know what the situation is. So I'm going to to not judge and to just think this happened for a reason. And I went to walk down to the gym and I really didn't feel like working out. I was kind of like in a mood thinking, oh, this person, that person left me hanging, whatever the case is, you know how we can get. And instead, when I got to the gym, I said to myself, okay, you are harboring all of these feelings. Let's do something constructive with it. And I decided to go for a new record in the straight arm plank or like a push up. And I tell you that I use that energy of what had happened. I use that to will me through. And I did a 16 minute straight arm plank and there was nobody there to motivate me. There was nobody there to congratulate me. There was nobody there. There was one other person in the part of the gym that I was in. And I knew that I had taken that energy that was really low vibrational energy. And I had challenged it into something that gave me high energy. So instead of confronting someone and butting heads or leaving nasty messages or whatever the case is, I just took it and did something positive with it. What are your thoughts about that? That's beautiful. That's what we call transformational. <laughs> and, you know, just on the, um, on the situation that you've described, when we build ourselves up, oh, this person didn't do that and this person let me down and this person, you know, sort of what we're doing is we're holding a hot coal of anger. And then we're winding ourselves up with that hot coal. And that's actually hurting us. We're fisting up and hurting us. Because when you're holding a hot coal and you're saying all the things that are really negative, you're actually hurting yourself. The other person isn't hurting. And the other thing to say about when somebody does something and we don't know why, but they, we feel that we've been let down, is especially in our current times, and I say this genuinely, especially in our current times, we don't know how the other person actually is doing. There's a lot of people that I know that have been very brave, really handling themselves, and when you see them on social media, everything looks positive and wonderful, but we don't actually know what's going on in their lives. And there's some people that aren't really handling things that have changed in our current times. There are some people that have really struggled through these current times. And so we don't know really what's happening in their world. And to second guess thinking it's something that they did to us because we feel that they did something to us to let us down. We don't know what's been going on in their world and to you know on some level if we can find a place of compassion that it's not that they did something to us they did something 
to themselves because something's going on in their world. Yes, I agree with you. And I always say, you know, this, this is a business. We have shows running and, and they run at regular intervals. And I just think to myself, well, this show must go on. I'll do it myself, <laughs> which is fine. So something else I want to share with you. So we discussed this on our role plays when we've done role plays for this show. I always talk about that person at the gym who's on the phone. You know, I've told you about this. Like there's always someone. Well, this same day that I'm telling you about what happened, as soon as I finished that plank, this person walked into this very large area and they had a phone and I saw they had speakers and they had headphones and they went over to this box that you jump up on and they were talking loudly. Now it was just me and this person. And I thought, don't they see this sign? There's no cell phone use. So it gets worse. So now they configure some kind of system where there's speakers and they've got the headphones and now they're doing their workout while they're talking to the person who is being heard in the gym. And it's just me and the person. And I keep, I'm jumping rope and she's behind me and I see her and I like give this look, not like, and she gives me a scowl. And I thought, okay, I'm not engaging. Cause on the show, the power of etiquette matters, Philip was sharing about, you know, you should go over and say something that there's a sign, no cell phone use in the gym. And I thought, you know what? I just got rid of all of my anger and I accomplished something. I'm not going to go down this path. I could leave this room and go somewhere else, or I could stay here. And I thought, well, I'm going to stay here and take myself to the next level, which was I'm going to block out that person and what they were doing. And I did. And when she left the room, she gave me a scowl. And I thought, I guess she has things she's dealing with. This is a really interesting analogy. And and a very good one to bring up in terms of people being in their own space. Some people are living so much in their head, like their whole world is from here, here. <laughs> They're not actually in their bodies at all. They sit there sort of, you know, cut off from the neck down. Everything resolves here in their mind. And so it doesn't matter where they are. I've had some people call me up and asking for a consultation or demanding my time while they're driving and or, or sometimes they're shopping <laughs> so being in the gym wouldn't surprise me <laughs> you know I'm just doing my workout you know tell me what I can do to uh, feel feel more calmer and so I can sleep better <laughs> and you know so I've had some one person cooking rice before now <laughs> Says, what's all that noise in the background and I could hear this swishing really you're serious <laughs> so you being in the gym is not surprising <laughs> and, and this is when somebody is so here that they just don't live in the normal world so that all their activities they're always distracted. They're doing one thing while they're doing something else. So I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be eating and in a call. I wouldn't be surprised if they're shopping 
and um, watching a movie at the same time on their phone. And we do see this a lot. You know, I mean, we're laughing because when, when we're not in it, you know, we can find that really hilarious. You know, I do like to bring humour to these things. When somebody was cooking rice, cooking his dinner while on a phone call, I says, are you serious? <laughs> so do you also think it means that they're in their head does it also mean they don't really have a lot of respect for themselves? It's the only thing they know that they're literally cut off from experiencing life through their sensories. They're experiencing life through their mind. So there's constantly two or three things going on at once. So you, you could be out having a meal with somebody and they're on their phone. So they're having a meal, but they're on their phone. And this is because of the nature of who they have become in our current times, you know, in our current technolo technological times. And it's not wrong for them. And it's not, they're not even realizing that they're doing it. It's just that they are constantly in a state of distraction. So they're not living and experiencing life sensorily, they're experiencing life through their mind, through their thinking and analyzing, rather than being in their sensory experience. If they were in a sensory experience, they wouldn't be doing doing the gym and being on a call at the same time because it doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's a great point. And I think to myself, when you're doing two things at the same time, you're probably not doing either one very well. That's right. That's and people absolutely. might think it's is something about driving. Well, that's a pretty important role to be driving and to be completely focused and present so that you're paying attention because it's your life and the life of the other people in the car or people who are that you're going to encounter on your way. Uh, my sister shared with me that uh, she was in a crosswalk and a person was driving so fast. They didn't even see her. They almost hit her because they were distracted. And you've seen this also, people putting on mascara. I saw somebody actually curling her hair. I was like, well, that's pretty innovative. I don't know which, I guess it was battery up. I don't even know, but it, it's crazy. Or you see people, they're in the grocery store pushing the cart and, hey, blah, 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 blah. Well, how much, you're going to be in the store probably twice as long because you're not focused on what it is you're supposed to be doing. I saw a husband and wife last week when I went shop a couple of weeks ago and I went shopping and the woman was very busy looking at all the shelves and putting stuff into the trolley and you know working through her list and the man was pushing the trolley on his phone and and I turned around and I just started laughing and, and I said that's just so funny I said you've got him well trained he's pushing the trolley while you're filling it and and he says I'm sorting out the the next holiday that we're going on I says, well, I guess that's that's good, but you're not really in the shopping experience, are you? And he says, well, no. He says, but I'm booking the next holiday. I'm sure she'll be happy when we get there. And I just thought it was funny. And she actually laughed and he laughed because I said, that's just hilarious. You know, you're not engaged in the shopping experience at all. You're on your phone. And because I mentioned it, because I just thought it was really funny, it reminded me of when I was married and the shopping trips that I used to have. <laughs> and but because I could see it, it made me laugh. You know, it made me realise the funniness of it. And they both laughed as well. So me interacting in that way, 
um, actually brought humour to, to that particular couple because I mentioned it and they found the funniness of me seeing that that he was pushing the trolley very deep in his phone, not, not completely oblivious to the shopping trip. <laughs> and she was very carefully planning the menu. I says, you're carefully planning menus and meals and things, aren't you? And working out which ingredients. She says, yes, I am. <laughs> it was just, well, that shows is- your relationship though, that their relationship is probably in need of a reboot because that that's probably how it typically is that they're not engaging at the highest level. I know yesterday when I went for my walk, there's a restaurant here and there's a, a bench in front of the restaurant. And I saw this couple and they were together, but there was a little bit of space between them, which, you know, I thought, oh, they're probably on their way out or <laughs> there's probably not a lot of love there anymore. But they were both fully engaged in their phone. They never even looked at each other. And I watched them for a while because I thought, this is interesting. It's a gorgeous day. You're sitting in this lovely area and and yet you're so far down into the phone and not enjoying each other's company. And I also think that people do that because they don't really enjoy that person anymore and they don't want to have to listen to what they have to say. So they act busy. That's so interesting that you mentioned that because I had a meetup with one of my friends. I've not seen him for a long time. And we landed up just catching up over a glass of wine or tea and landed up spending four hours together. And he turned around and he says, gosh, that time's gone quickly. And he said, there's so much conversation here. We never dry up a conversation. It's always fun to be with you. And he says, you know, most people are on their phones. He says, but not with you. He says, there's conversation from the beginning to the end, and it's always interesting. And so he made the comments about seeing other people literally engaged in their phones or looking around, you know, being together, but actually looking around and looking busy but not actually together busy and not engaged with each other and so I feel that this is this is what's happened to many people friendships families relationships we've got a distraction mechanism and that's the fame I wonder how good it is for our mental health in being that distracted in our fames I think it's very dangerous it's it's very bad for self-esteem i actually was in a relationship with someone and i think i had blocked it out of my mind until we're talking about it now but we would go out on a regular basis go out to dinner and i promise you i would have the servers the bartender whomever if we were with other people they would say to me how do you do it what do you mean he's on his phone the whole time he's with you and people would would remember this dysfunctional relationship that we had because it was always me saying, could you please put your phone down? Could you please stop looking at the phone? This is important. I'm thinking, well, why are we out? Why are we here? Because you have no interest in being with me. And of course I stayed with the person for a long time, which means I clearly had issues, but it doesn't feel good when somebody is not paying attention. And even when they're pretending to listen to you, like the guy today in the call center, and you know they're not. It's um, an epidemic of our today's technological advancements and society. And there are some young people I've spoken to that appreciate that it's not good for your mental health. 
it's not good for your relationships or for your family situation um, in terms of having dinner together. And so that I, I do actually have conversations with many young people if I meet them on tubes and trains and bus queues, because I do wonder, because they've grown up with it, you know, how they are coping with the fact that there's so much technology pushed down our way. And I feel that in the people that I've spoken to, they're aware it's not good. And they're aware that it's unhealthy to be constantly in the phone and to be constantly distracted. And this is something we almost need to take a few steps backwards to gain our sociability and to almost come back to our heart, to reconnect back to who we really are in terms of our own inner sensory and our peace of mind and heart. And that's to to move away from the phone or to have time away from technology so that we we begin to feel again because we were not made to be staring into screens for most of our waking day. I love the fact that you brought that up about staring into screens. I actually went to the eye doctor, I think last week, because I've got all these bright lights. I've got these computers all in front of me. I've got the sun coming in and my eyes bother me a lot. And sometimes I wonder if it affects my ability to listen at the highest level because my eyes, like by the last show today, I literally have to close my eyes because my eyes are killing me. But anyway, the eye doctor said there's you know, there's nothing wrong and, and it's the glare. But the point is there's so many things that can distract us from listening at the highest level. And I just want to announce before we get to the end of the show that we have a special going on. It's a Labor Day sale. The Power of Listening courses and the Chakra Psychology course that's led by Caroline are on sale. You can save 25% right now by using coupon code labor day and for those friends on the radio or podcast that's l-a-b-o-r-d-a-y all one word the website is dr jacqueline d-r-j-a-c-a-l-y-n dot thinkific t-h-i-n-k-i-f-i-c.com slash courses caroline what can you tell our audience about the course that you have led on this platform? It's a really interesting and quick, easy to digest introduction of the chakra psychology of the seven major chakras, which are related to the seven major glands of the body. It looks at the physical, emotional, mental, behavioral imbalances in a very easy and constructive way to access uh, an understanding, a quick understanding of the chakras and what they're responsible for in your life. And it also is an activation in terms of a healing experience as well, which will literally have you moving into a calmer space, both mentally and physically. And it's it'll get, improve your knowledge and almost quench your thirst for more as well. Uh, so, you know, it's a very, very easy, digestible uh, course, which you will gain significant understanding, knowledge and experience and a healing journey as well. I'm going to share my screen. Thank you for that overview, Caroline. And I'm going to show people how simple it is to 
find our courses and to take them. So here's the link, as you can see on the screen. Did I leave it up since I'm not over there? Yes, I left it on the screen. There is the link. And when you go to the link, this is what you're going to see. And the power of listening courses are in order. That's why they are the way that they are here. So it starts off with the foundational course where you get certified. And then your headshot and your certificate go on to drjacqueline.com. And your headshot goes on to usaglobaltv.com as one of our elevated listening team members. Then we have the power of listening part four, the transition facing the shadows of ourself. That's with Madeline Chan. We also have heart gratification plan, male and female energies. That's also with Madeline Chan. We have elevated listening skills, setting boundaries and asking permission. That's with me. And then we also have the power of listening in it through nature. That's with Madeline Chan. And here we have Caroline's course, Chakra Psychology. And these courses are all, you see, they're reasonably priced. They go from 27 to 49. And then the certification course is 257. 25% off right now for the weekend through next week. Just use the code Labor Day, all one word. Caroline, anything else you want to say about the course? Just um, buy it at this very, very extraordinary low price. You're not going to lose anything and gain an incredible insight into how things operate in your everyday yeah, trust me, Caroline and I are not getting rich from these courses, so um, neither is Madeline. We've priced them so that the masses can take these courses and find inner peace, feel better about themselves, get educated, and have some fun. So I just welcome you to go over there and take advantage of this opportunity. And we have a message right now from... Dear Jean Daly, Jean, so nice to hear from you. Let's see what Jean writes. These very important messages are presented in an enjoyable, practical, and loving way. Jean is an elevated listener. I agree and have had such similar experiences and responses. Even as a teen, when I felt angry or upset, I channeled those feelings, energy, into madly cleaning the whole house. Thank you, Caroline and Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you, Jean Daly. So Thank nice you. to have you back with us. And she's actually watching on LinkedIn, which I love. Wonderful. Thanks, Jean. Well, we are going to close out. I have my Talking Heads show coming up after this, and it's how to write an outline for a business plan. So I'm excited to share that with our audience. Caroline, I'm going to spotlight you, and you're going to be starting on Talking Heads next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time, 5 p.m. British summertime. So please tell people how they can reach out to you, how they can bust their stress, how they can get the free consultation. You can reach me on email, no more stress, the three words, no, N-O, more, M-O-R-E, stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, at live.co.uk, or for a free consultation over Zoom, or Skype, whatever's easiest for you. So email to schedule in a time, tell me what's wrong, tell me what's not working for you, and I will literally help you bust your stress. Woo, bust it away, baby. I love it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Uh, Jean, a follow-up comment. Love to you both. Love to you as well. Oh, Hope you too. had a great summer. 
All right, Caroline, we're going to sign off for right now. I do have one more announcement, which I'll share with you as well. We have our newsletter, which is the Global Post. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, it's uh, I'm making this as a magazine. So I got the idea when I was at Walking to go and find out if the globalpostmagazine.com was available. And sure enough, it was. So I worked earlier today with Diane Floyd-Dame and setting up the format. And it's going to be strictly a magazine featuring not only our team members and our guests, but people who are doing things with their life and they want another outlet to share what it is they're doing. So we have actually various featured categories of elevated listening, talking heads, lifestyle, business, joy, travel, just like a magazine. There'll be all different pages with different categories and I'll have a lot more opportunity to showcase people. Of course, it's a lot more work for me, but that's okay. I love it, don't I? It's a good distraction to have. <laughs> now I have the newsletter and the magazine, so um, that's okay. But we are going to say goodbye for right now. And again, thank you, Jean, for joining us today and to each and every one of you. Please think about how you're showing up, especially when you're going to be getting involved with people you haven't seen in a while. Everybody's got something that they've been dealing with. Are you fully present? Are you showing up with judgment? Are you shutting off and not listening to what someone else says? And are you also setting boundaries? It's perfectly fine and advisable to set boundaries for self-care and self-preservation at the same time showing respect to the other person and as caroline mentioned use humor that's not making fun of someone just cutting the tension and maybe bringing awareness to the fact that whatever that person is going on about isn't that as important as connecting beautiful summary it's been so much fun thank you dr jacqueline <laughs> always fun to be on your show and it's my pleasure. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Caroline. You too. Bye, everyone. I'll see you shortly for my talking heads. See you. Remember that shortly. <laughs> 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 no, we're shortly. <laughs>